And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and Blake! Does that feel good? Yeah. It rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. The Shake and Blake Wall. It's at Bell Snyder Family Stadium. It's just our faces on center field. John Grove. If everyone stays healthy, th- this team could go really far. Bring you all things K-State sports even more. And it's Shake and Blake time. Welcome, everybody, into the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford alongside a crazed John Grove. John, how are you? I'm. <laughs> it's been such a chaotic day, man. First, I had issues with my phone. It was going on and off. Like, I, I was able to, like, the, the internet was working, but I was not able to, like, call anybody, text anybody. It was just, it was just been a crazy day, but it, everything's all sorted out now. I'm just ready to talk about sports. You know, it's a tough day when you can't text or call or really do stuff on your phone. So I, Especially the football stadium where the internet is just all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is so weird. So um, if you haven't heard us before, it's Blake Crawford alongside John Grove listening to the Shake and Blake Show live here on Wildcat 91.9. We're a K-State sports podcast. Cats. Do a lot of fun stuff. Do some trivia. Um, rewatch old games. A bunch of other stuff if you're interested. Have a bunch of episodes on Spotify, which reminds me, uh, we need to thank each and every one of you. We just reached 1,000 plays on uh, all of our platforms, so really appreciate for that. This is not an opportunity we take for granted. Um, the fact that even one person decides to listen to our nonsense is like it's a true privilege, and uh, you know we work our butts off to try and put some good stuff together for you guys. So really appreciate it. The best is yet to come, though. Especially, y- y'all got to give a shout-out to Blake. He has been working his butt <laughs> off, especially with the audio stuff, with some of the worst intros that I've ever heard. <laughs> But he still manages to put on a great show, and for that, I have nothing but the utmost respect. Listen, I work really hard to make t- terrible intros, so but they're entertaining. K-State Sports <laughs> I'm not changing that at all, by the way. You, you got to add the clapping. You got to have the clapping. Like oh, I gotta get, yeah, I got to get some show. crowd noise in there. That's yeah, right. Okay. That's right. Anyway, we have a great show lined up for you. Uh, we're going to give our keys to victory a score prediction, update you on K-State soccer, volleyball, as well as the men's basketball conference schedule that just got released today, uh, some volleyball alternate uniforms that just got shown today that look really sweet. You definitely uh-huh. need to check those out on Twitter. Going around the Big 12, previewing all those games. Is KU going to win a national championship? No. All those questions will be answered here. Um, but first, let's let's just take a moment. It's been six days since we had our loss to Tulane, and I think it's just you know, just take a deep breath. There were a lot of things that were said on Twitter and the message boards and elsewhere that maybe were a bit of an overreaction. Um, as a bit of a callback, John, the very first show I did here on Wildcat 91.9 was by myself before I asked you to come on and be my co-host, oh, um, yeah. was after the Oklahoma State game. And it was a lot of, we were about to play Oklahoma too. It was a lot of the same things. We put up a dud. Um, people were calling for Messingham and Kleiman's job and things like that. And just, you know, talking trash about the team. We went out against OU and put up one of the best offensive performances I think I've ever seen. And I mean, I know we lost the game, but I just watching the game, how smooth everything felt. It felt like we were moving the ball with ease. It was just something I'd never, I'd never felt as a K State fan before. 
I think one of the things you do have to point out, though, was that K-State was just in a completely different yeah. uh, perspective on offense. I mean, you had Will Howard, and I think what – who who was who was the other quarterback that got some playing time? Jaron Lewis. It was Jaron Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And then the next game, you got a not not fully healthy, but um, definitely a Skylar Thompson we needed against Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you were right. K State d- definitely responded. Just looked a lot more fluid on offense. Um, didn't really get things going defense defensively early on in the year. So just kind of had some troubles um, preventing Oklahoma uh, preventing Oklahoma from. Um, just well, they were pretty much on the break, not been portion of what to expect from from a typical K State defense at that time. But um, you know, it was great to see the the offense give a better better response compared to what happened at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I, I'd bring that up because I just want to kind of bring some optimism that college football is a marathon; it's not a sprint. That was easily a, just a terrible performance by K-State execution-wise. That's not our best football. That's not what represents K-State football. Our best football is definitely ahead of us, and it's something that's going to, I think, that we're going to bring to the table in Norman tomorrow night. And just, and I, and I think a lot of people are looking at this as, oh, man, we, like K-State was so heavily expected to win last week. Y'all got to point out, that was for definite, a complete definition of a trap game. You beat arch rival Missouri by by just you just smacked him up and down the field um kind of get some kind of get some more like a lot lot more heads turning towards Oklahoma but Tulane came in um they kind of put us to the ground uh, that's all that's all I gotta say um you, but I think you also got to point out we've seen stuff like this all the time under <laughs> first climbing roster more specifically back in 2020 in which K-State uh, for whatever reason, lost to Arkansas State, just getting torched by Jonathan Adams Jr. They Man. come out, but ne- they came out for next week or two. I think. I think week, we next a, week, yeah. No, they had a. Bye. Oh, they had a bye week. Okay. They had a. They had a bye. I mean, so weird. They came into yeah. COVID is weird. Oh my god. You gosh. come into you, then you come into Norman. You you drop off a little bit early on. Thirty five fourteen. You just make a clock's work. You just got to get yourself into it a little more. Uh, just get just kind of get in a steady motion uh and deuce bomb lit up oklahoma's defense skyler just battled for so much adversity in yeah. that game and you know case they came out with a win and you know i mean with with the way college football is today d- there's a lot of possibilities like what what there's a lot of out- potential outcomes that we could witness and k-state po- coming into norman uh this this upcoming season um still there's still a lot of reasons on why K-State has a strong shot in this game. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of history behind it that, you know, you've seen a bunch of close games. Obviously, two of the last three years we've beaten Oklahoma. I think, I want to say, the last, I mean, the last decade, there's been a bunch of one-possession games. There's obviously the 55 to nothing in, you know, 2015, which I left at halftime to go watch the Royals, but that's besides the point. (laughs) Besides that, there have been a decent amount of close games between these two teams. Well, the last 10 years, K-State has put up the most amount of wins over Oklahoma compared to the rest of the Big 12. K-State, over the past 10 years, they're four and six against the Sooners. Um, you got to point out 2012 primetime game, kind of, yeah. kind of similar. And Norman on Fox, uh, like, yeah. uh, on Fox. That's right. Uh, <laughs> so 20, 2012 and then 2014, uh, where Oklahoma's kicker was just not like dude, <laughs> dude was living upside down all of a sudden, and then kind of had to wait a few years, but then K State really got <laughs> just under Chris Kleiman. I mean, they just uh, maybe on maybe under Skylar Thompson, but uh, Chris Kleiman, like just both of them combined. 
Like, they were just a nightmare for Oklahoma's defense to handle um, for the most part. But now Oklahoma, they're going to be a little more different. They got they got Brent Venables on the sideline, former K-State coach, really defensive-minded guy, pretty similar to Chris Kleiman. Uh, and you also have a, fr- a lot of fresh new faces as well for the Oklahoma squad as well. And if you're wondering why we're not recapping Tulane, it's because we already did it on our on the exclusive shows. Wherever you get your play, uh, you get your podcast, you can just look up Shake and Blake to find all recaps yeah. there for recaps in the future. And we don't necessarily want to think about it. Yeah, I know. More I'm, than we have to. I just want to plug that if you're looking for recaps in the future, possibly a win against OU, and you want to hear us talk about it, you can listen uh, wherever you get your podcast, Shake and Blake. If you want to know when we're releasing episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Shake and Blake. 785. Now, this is the part in the show where we usually preview our opponent, John, but unfortunately, we're not experts on OU. We're not experts on OU. But lucky for us and all of you, we have found an expert, Peyton Farrar, beat writer over at OU Insider, the 24-7 affiliate of Oklahoma, as well as a great uh, Instagram page, almost 7K followers. All Sooners. All Sooners. Does some really great stuff there. So we managed to catch up with Hayden Farrar and uh, helped us preview Oklahoma. So we hope you enjoy that. Hayden Farrar from OU Insider and All Sooners on Instagram joins us. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I want to start off by going back to before the season. Uh, It's been a pretty crazy couple of years for Oklahoma. You joined the SEC. You're going to join the SEC. Uh, Lincoln Riley's gone and taking a bunch of Sooners with him. Even Bob Stoops, you know, throws the visor back on for a game. Things have been pretty crazy down in Norman. So what are people kind of thinking going into this season for OU? Well, first of all, guys, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on as always. It's a pleasure coming on and doing this with you guys. Uh, I I have to say it's been – this was the longest off season. If you're an Oklahoma fan, this is the longest off season. This was the longest off season ever. Um, it, you just back in November, you have Lincoln Riley departuring and good for USC. And uh, you just, you bring in a first time head coach in Brent Venables, um, K-State legacy, by the way, um, like many of our other head coaches, uh, like many of our other head coaches in, in football and even, even Lon Kruger in basketball. But uh yeah, the Bill Bill Snyder coaching tree has been very good to Oklahoma, and we and we went to that well once again. Uh, so as far as as far as the changes around the program so far, uh, I know you guys are wanting to hear a lot about that. Um, so I something that I've noticed in the first three games and and being around the team and the program uh, over the off season and during spring ball, um, there's a lot more discipline. There's a lot more discipline and a lot more accountability among the players. And you're, the product you're going to see on Saturday is you're going to see a much more complete Oklahoma team. And um, to to put that into perspective, I mean that the, these Lincoln Riley teams that you've seen that that you've seen all these years in the Big Twelve, uh, always known for elite offenses, elite quarterback play, elite wide receiver play. But the I mean they were constantly getting in these shootouts all the time with these other big 12 schools with these other big 12 schools and uh the difference between this oklahoma team this year and the the oklahoma teams of the past is the defense has improved a lot the 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 defense has improved a lot and especially the front seven much like k-state um the uh, oklahoma's front seven is very much a strength of this team uh so that's definitely going to be something to watch on saturday so you're saying that expectations might even be higher than normal for Oklahoma fans? See, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of, see, it's kind of hard to say, but because you know, even when Lincoln Riley was here, 
if we weren't winning, if Oklahoma wasn't winning national championships, the the, the season was considered a, was considered a failure. So, I would say that expectations haven't changed. I, I would say that expectations haven't changed. If 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 Oklahoma doesn't win a national championship, the season was a failure. So, um, I would say I would say that expectations have definitely stayed the same. So you're, you're going through a coaching transition and with the coaching transition, you're going to have a lot of players <clears throat> entering and exiting, and exiting uh, off, off the program. Just with the ultimate transfer portal, just take just an absolute havoc in college sports these days. Um, you do recognize, um, you do see Caleb Williams going over to USC. Um, Gabriel, Dylan Gabriel comes in from UCF. How has he settled into Jeff Levy's offense, considering that it's also his first year as well? How have those two kind of um, settled into their roles uh, for the Sooner offense? Well, you guys are you guys are definitely correct. The transfer portal it giveth and it taketh. But uh, to, to answer your question about Dylan Gabriel, and I mean, what what you're going to see out of Gabriel, especially on Saturday, is he's very comfortable and he has a level of chemistry with his teammates that is abnormal. For, for never playing a for never playing a season with any of these guys before, and I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, Lebby uh, Lebby was the offensive coordinator at UCF for a season uh, while Dylan Gabriel was still there. So prior to Gabriel transferring to Oklahoma, he already had a year of experience being coached by Jeff Lebby. So he's very familiar with Lebby's scheme and the and the tempo of offense that he likes to run. And uh, there's this this was well documented over the summer, but uh, Gabriel would always take Gabriel would always take his offensive linemen at least once a week or so. He would take them out to dinner, and he would take his fellow like his fellow skill position players, like the receiver group, the wide receiver group, and his running backs. Like they would all go out to dinner, and then uh, he even set up he even set up this retreat to to do with the players where they all went down to Lawton, Oklahoma, and like what, and spent time out on the lake and, and with no cell phones, just getting to know each other. And um, so there there's definitely been a conscious effort by Dylan Gabriel to, to get to know, uh, get to know his offensive linemen and, and uh, just his brothers that he's going to be going going to war with every Saturday. And it's, it's definitely paid off on the field so far. Have, have, would you say that the offense really hasn't really left anything off ever since Caleb Williams? Um, and some of the other guys from the squad. I mean, you you point out Austin Sogner as well as which which is which is one of the other key players that I thought um, was pretty big loss for Oklahoma when it came to the transfer portal overall. Has the offense left off anything, or is it or is it just kind of overall change? But it's still studying. It's still keep up. It's still going like always. Well, I'm not going to downplay losing Caleb Williams at all. He's a future. I mean, he's he's the future of college football. And uh, when you lose a guy like Caleb Williams, it definitely hurts. And, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley was a very good offensive mind. So I would say that maybe the, maybe the offense maybe has regressed a little bit as it has regressed a little bit, but, you know, Lebby has gotten to learn. Yeah. Lebby has gotten to learn at UCF. He's learned, he learned under Art Bryles at Baylor. Uh, he learned under Art Riles at Baylor. He's he learned under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss last year, and uh, had to say, had to say in the you know the offense that they ran with Matt Corral with Matt Corral, and uh, you know that speaks for itself. Ole Miss had a really good offense last year, so he's Levy has had a lot of chances to learn uh, under different different brilliant offensive minds, and this is really his first big opportunity to to lead an offense for an elite program. 
And uh, the, what you'll see is that he loves to run the ball. Well, I love to run the balls. I think, I think Ole Miss, I could be wrong on this, but I, I want to say they had two, two 1000 yard rushers last season. Uh, and he loves up tempo offense. So you'll see a lot of no huddle. You'll see a lot of no huddle on Saturday. Uh, but I will say that, yes, though, maybe the offense has regressed a little bit, but it's not like Jeff Levy isn't an elite offensive mind in his own right. All right, so we've covered the signature Oklahoma offense, but we know Brent Venables is a defensive mastermind, and his defense is, like, very famously extremely complex. Based on what you've seen so far, um, how do you think the OU guys on defense are picking up uh, his defensive uh, stuff? Well, yeah, the, I – I will say that the first two games of the season against uh, UTEP and Kent State, the, what you saw from the Oklahoma defense was a very, it was very vanilla. And uh, the first, the first game where we saw, where we saw in Venables opening up the defensive playbook was against Nebraska. And I don't know if you guys had the chance to watch that game, but the Oklahoma front seven was wreaking havoc on the Nebraska offensive line where basically almost every play you had a free rusher that was getting in the backfield untouched uh that and that's what venables is trying to do that's what venables is trying to do with his defensive scheme is he's trying to come up with all these exotic blitz packages where you're confusing the offensive line and you ultimately end up with at least one free rusher at the quarterback which that happened to be on saturday it happened to be Hayes Kansas is known own Jaron Canick who got who saw a lot of action in the second half and actually had a pretty big game so, um, which uh, I know, I know the K State fans are were interested to hear about Canick with him being a homegrown Kansas kid. But uh, Canick actually led the team in tackles with ten total tackles on Saturday against Nebraska, and he also forced a fumble. So that was a really big kind of like coming out party for Jaron Canick, and he's really putting the he really put the nation on notice with his performance on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, their defense did look really good. I mean, to be fair, Nebraska's O-line is still bad. But, I mean, OU was running some – they were running – you guys were running some really nice stunts. Uh, so, let's get to this specific to this game against OU versus K-State. Prime time on Fox. Could have been a top 25 matchup if we did our part. But, you know, we, we can't control that now. So, um, I want to hear your thoughts from an OU side, how you think this, is, this game is going to play out. Well, uh, I will say, first of all, that I love Chris Kleeman. I love Chris Kleeman. He's what well, he's one of the best in the business, uh, in my opinion. And he's he kind of has to compare him to Bill Snyder a little bit. He gets the best out of he gets the most out of his players. And he's one of the top five coaches in the country at doing more with less. And you'll hear this from coaches. You'll hear this from Brent Venables himself. You'll hear it from the players. Uh, you'll hear it from the players of uh, at Oklahoma and you'll hear you'll hear many other coaches and players say it around the nation Kansas State plays hard they play hard and they play disciplined football and that's why that's why they're always able to keep up with the Oklahoma's the Texas's the Baylor's Oklahoma State's of the conference these days I mean I feel like those are some of the top dogs in the conference these days uh K-State K-State always plays disciplined um no, not many penalties and you know, John Grove himself will say that they're that you guys are the self-proclaimed special teams. You so um, just very, very smart and disciplined football. And from from a non from someone from just me speaking as a casual college football fan myself, 
uh, I've said something I've always noticed about K-State is just very, very disciplined and very, very solid in all three phases of the game. Yeah, that's definitely, I mean, self-proclaimed special teams you, I feel like, I feel like we can get proclaimed special teams you. I mean, okay, every, that's fair. I'll give you guys that. every K-State game. You get the most touchdowns, you know, since 19, non-offensive touchdowns since 1999. But anyway, that's, that's beside, that's semantics. Anyway, um, you, we've mentioned how much turnover there was from last year to this year with Oklahoma. Could you give K-State fans a, a few players to watch? Oh yes, absolutely. Um, I feel like it's kind of changing. It's kind of changing by the week because each week you're seeing somebody break out, but uh, so the, the, the number one position group, especially to watch is definitely the linebacker room. Uh, and I've already mentioned Jaron Kanick, so uh, I'll mention some different names, but uh, I think Kanick is going to see the field a lot on Saturday, but um, first and foremost, I mean, you can't start a top three players uh, to watch for from Oklahoma list without Marvin Mims. Uh, you know, he was very underutilized in Lincoln Riley's offense last season. And he came very close to transferring out. Uh, and he was he was that disgruntled with the offense uh, and just how things were being ran with the program. So with this new with, with this new system that Levy has put in place and, you know, just the new the entire new staff that's came in. Marvin is very pleased with this new staff and he's been involved in the offense so much more than he was last season. And he's really thriving. He is really thriving in this new offense. So um, everybody's seen the catch versus Texas last year. I mean, every, everybody knows that he can go up and make the spectacular catch, but you know, he runs hard, he runs hard and he never drops a pass. Uh, so uh, Marvin Mims is my number one player to watch for. Um, some other some other players to watch for though is I would keep an eye on um, I would keep keep an eye on Reggie Grimes uh, defensive end he's a junior he's a junior um, true junior actually I think he's been I think this is his third year with the program if I'm not mistaken um, he's I mean he's played sparingly the first two years the the first two years but uh, never saw significant action. But in in the in the first three games of the season so far, he's already tallied. I want to say four and a half sacks. Yeah, so I mean, he's constantly in the backfield, blowing up plays, with this constantly blowing up plays and and wreaking havoc on all offensive lines. Uh, doesn't matter who you are. So uh, Reggie Grimes is definitely one to watch for. Um, another one is Ethan Downs, another another defensive end. Uh, he's actually an Oklahoma native, Weatherford, Oklahoma native. Uh, he's a true sophomore. He's a true sophomore and he's starting. So, I mean, he's this this is the prime example that Venables doesn't play favorites. He's going to play the best 11 guys out there every every week and it doesn't matter doesn't matter if you're if you're a fifth year guy or you're a true sophomore. I mean, if if you're the best at the position you're going to play. So, Ethan Downs is another guy you saw in the backfield a lot against Nebraska especially. Uh he he's one play in particular, he blew up a jet sweep and just and pile drive the uh, pile drive the receiver like 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage and into the ground then there was another play where Kanick was free rushing uh Casey Thompson I believe but he overran the play and missed him so Downs was kind of there for mop-up duty basically but um <clears throat> I can't emphasize enough that the the front seven especially for Oklahoma has improved so much with, with this new with this new coaching staff in place Great. Um, this may be a little bit of a dangerous proposition. Uh, you're going to be a little guinea pig here. Let's see if I don't know if it's a great idea to let the uh, somebody from the opposing team give a score prediction. 
but <laughs> let's go ahead and try this out. I mean, you know, it's tempting, especially after the Tulane loss to give kind of, even K-State fans to give kind of a big margin, but you know, it happened in 2020 after our loss to Arkansas State, had a really close game, ended up coming out with the victory, won two out of three last three years, been a lot of close games in the last decade. So um, I think K-State is always going to be a fun game. Hopefully it is this year. Um, what, how do you think the game is going to play out score wise? Okay. I, I'll preface this by saying that I don't advocate for sports betting, but uh, I think, I think 12 and a half in favor of both give, giving K state 12 and a half points is a lot of, is a lot of leeway, but a lot of leeway. And if I wasn't, if I was betting on sports, I mean, K state get being given 12 and a half on the road at Norman, that's a very generous line right there. And, uh, you know, I mean, regardless of the talent level of both teams, like K State always, K State always gives OU their best shot. Their their best shot, and the K State that we're going to see this Saturday is way going to be way different than the K State that we saw last week against Tulane. Um, so I don't want to give an outright. I mean, I guess I can give an outright score prediction if you guys if you guys want if you guys want me to. I mean, go for it. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go like 34 27 OU. Uh it's I think it'll be within a touchdown. I think it'll be within a touchdown. And and if if I end up being wrong on that and K-State ends up winning, I wouldn't be surprised in the least bit because because you know K-State always gives OU fits and then they're the it's it's a product of their coaching and uh, not believing that they're not good enough to play with uh, with OU or anything like that. They they give OU fits every year, and I'm, and I am expecting a close game on Saturday. All right, I got I got one more question for you. Case sure. fans talk here about it all the time, but um, as an OU fan, do OU fans do they ever get tired of Boomer Sooner? Like the song, or does it does it, they could play it a million times and they'll still go crazy for it? Oh, are, are you talking about them playing it after we get a two yard run on first? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <down>? uh, <laughs> I mean, we don't find it annoying, but like we just poke fun. We poke you. But myself, myself, like I'll, I'll even just poke fun at it. Like, oh my God, we're doing this again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't find it annoying. I mean, it's our fight song. It's some. It's yeah. something that. It's it's our fight song. I mean, it's something that we hold dear to our, dear to our hearts. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, even OU fans would agree that that we play Boomer Sooner way too much. <laughs> but- <laughs> I got, I got, um, I got one last question for you, Hayden. This is just coming from a personal perspective. How, how was, how did you, how did you feel when you were under the moment you were staying right at Mike Gundy during Big Twelve Media Days? You asked him one question, and he, and he replied. I believe that was your first experience at Big Twelve Media Days, right? Yes, uh, that would be correct. How, how did all that go? How did, how was all that experience? Oh, it was a fantastic experience. Uh, just not, not only having the opportunity to ask Mike Gundy a question, you know, like you said, but um, getting, having the opportunity to ask Brent Venables a question as well. I mean, not, I mean, just, you know, growing up a lifelong OU fan, growing up a lifelong OU fan and uh, having the chance to speak with the, with the head coach of Oklahoma football and uh, that have a, have a genuine conversation with coach Venables. I mean, it was a, it was a surreal experience and uh, you know, all glory to God. All glory to God. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be in that position without him. And uh, it was a it was a very cool experience, not only to talk to Venables, but to get to meet like I met the guys from Go Go Powercat, the 247 site for K-State. I met all those guys um, and then I had the chance to meet. So I met I got I had the chance to meet so many different 
writers like from other beats that are you know in the same field that i am so um if any of you guys ever have the opportunity to go to it in the future i mean that's an opportunity that you guys absolutely have to take yeah that would be a ton of fun thanks so much for coming on man really appreciate it um if people want to hear see more from you where can they find you okay yeah uh great question so i uh like like blake said at the beginning uh, at the beginning of the segment uh i I do some writing. I write on the free side for for OUinsider.com of two four seven sports. Uh, my name is my name is Hayden Farrar. Uh, so if you guys ever want to go read any of my content, like my the I major, the majority of the time I just write write on the free side of things for for OUinsider.com. And then I also I also run all Sooners on Instagram. No periods, underscores, spaces, any of that good stuff. So you guys can go follow me on Instagram down there as well. But um yeah that's where you guys will be able to find me oh uh, you're getting close to 7k aren't you yeah i think i'm about <laughs> i don't even keep track that much anymore I mean, it's not a, it's not about the i mean this is going to sound so cliche but i mean i don't care about i don't really care about the followers anymore it said it's about getting to do getting to do what i love and and having a platform where people get to see me post about one of my biggest passions growing up and uh it's not it's not even just just being a fan of the team it, it's um, like it's actually about removing the fan aspect of things and bringing unbiased reporting and you know providing the most accurate content that i can for my for the people that are giving me the platform that i've been given but yeah to answer your question i am i am getting close to 7k i think i'm almost at 6.7 right now but yeah it, it's uh, it's truly a truly a blessing to have the platform that i have and i did never think i would make it that far yeah, that is really awesome, man. Congratulations on everything. Now, we usually end our show by saying cats by 90, but I thought we could end this segment by kind of, you know, all uniting together against a common enemy and just give a big old horns down to get yes, out of sir. here. So horns yes, down. Uh, horns down. Yes, sir. John, can you believe it? We got an OU fan to say that they play Boomer sooner too much. <laughs> Again, big thanks to Hayden Farrar for coming on. He gave so many great insights to help us uh, get a glimpse into the mind of an OU fan before for helping us preview OU. But we got a lot more coming up for you on the Shake and Blake Show. Go around volleyball, soccer, men's basketball, around the Big 12. Keys to victory. Score prediction next on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. You just heard Hayden Farrar helping us preview OU. Up next, let's do some Wildcat headlines, John. That's right. Starting with soccer, uh, the only ones that have played this week really in the non-con. Opened up conference play against Iowa State. Game ended in a nil-nil draw. Um, K-State had plenty of chances. Kyler Goins with a free kick. um, Had to make a great save from the keeper. She had a one-on-one with the keeper. Wasn't able to capitalize on that either. Uh, The Iowa State keeper, Jordan Sukowitz, had 10 saves. Um, a few other things of note, K-State 10 shots on goal was a school record for conference play. And Elena Wormeyer tied the school record for shutouts with her 10th in her career. Um, I think it's a tough one, John, because I think it would have been K-State probably should have won this game. If you look at the stats, had more shots, more shots on goals. But um, overall, you know, they broke their four-game losing skid dating back to last year. Feels good to still, you know, not lose. 
especially yeah. you know, still early on in the general, the big picture of K-State soccer. And Big 12 as well. You don't want to get too far behind when it comes to racking up so many losses. You want to get you want to build, get yourself to an opportunity where you can compete and not only just the competition overall, but the conference tournament, which will be happening later in the year as well. Yeah, definitely big. Let's go to volleyball now. Haven't played this week, but they're ready for uh, for KU, those Dirty Jayhawks, tomorrow, uh-huh. Bramblage Coliseum, 4 p.m. Dirty KU, birds. John, they opened up conference play against number one ranked Texas. Mm. Put up a really good effort. Went up two sets to nothing, but then got reverse swept, lost in five. But I mean, the best team in Texas or in, in college volleyball taking Texas to five sets is still a respectable effort. Seem, seems a little familiar. Uh, you know, K State, they always had their shots at number one Texas or top ranked Texas over the past few years. They always get like off to a 2-0, 2-1 lead, but Texas, they just always find a way to come back under Jared Elliott, uh, the head coach of the Horns. I mean, they just find every way to escape, and uh, they got a loaded outside hitter as well in Jordan, uh, Jordan Eggleston. I think maybe, well, I don't know about outside hitter, but um, ultimately it was a, it was a great contest. Um, KU, they made it to the Sweet 16 last year. Um, they uh, really, after beating K-State last year, is really when they got the momentum going. Uh, end of tournament play. They beat Oregon. They beat a top 16 ranked Creighton. Get into the Sweet 16 and they get thumped by Pittsburgh. But uh, not not too bad right now. They have a few questionable losses. UNLV in four sets. They got swept by UCF. It's the same UCF that K State took to five and yeah. down in Orlando. So um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, K State also they're going to bring out some good old good old some yes. good old uniforms as well. I mean. It's it's all look it's all looking pretty cool. You just gotta see if it all comes out the right way. You don't want to kind of do the alt, alternate helmet yeah. curse kind of kind yeah. Of like yeah. Let's hope it's only for football. You know, I mean, a big thing to note: volleyball, the second um, school or the se- second sport at K State to whip out the lavender. So, um, I mean, maybe look at the ball. I want to get some more schools involved. But yeah, like I mentioned before, K State had a lot of time off. I'm sure they've been practicing a lot. You know, did, weren't able to get pick up any wins in Houston against Rice and number 22 now, uh, ranked Creighton. So they're going to look to start off big with Big 12 play strong. Uh, let's move on to men's basketball, who we haven't talked about in a it's while. It's rare to see a big sport in the headlines. I know. Uh, conference schedule was released, and uh, unlike football, we actually get a start at home. How about that, John? No. Oh my gosh. And New <laughs> and New Year's Eve as well. You get Bob Huggins. Coming off of coming off of a Christmas break, he's probably gonna have a lot of cookies and milk. <laughs> kind of looks like Santa sometimes. Just, uh, yeah, anyways, anyways. So <laughs> so getting a getting a home opener, especially against a West Virginia squad that's been kind of down lately. Um, that 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 gets you kind of a get better opportunity to set you up. One and zero kind of getting into a gauntlet that is the Big 12 basketball schedule because right afterwards you're playing at Texas and Baylor. I mean, that I mean that is a tef- difficult start, but you know there's a lot of Big 12 teams that are reacting the same way because the Big 12 is just, oh. just an, uh, an infinity gauntlet of the basketball conferences. The best conference in college basketball. That Baylor game is a significant one as well. January 7th, Jerome mm. Tang returns Jerome to Waco. Jerome Tang returns to Waco. That's going to be a ton of fun. Um, obviously, we got to let you know when K State's playing KU. They play KU at home on January seventeenth, the day the students come back. Oh, that is so awesome! Makes it even more better. Play, and then they play in the fog in Lawrence on January twenty-first. 
first, I can't talk right now, just a reminder that K-State will play at Butler for the Big 12 Big East Challenge on November 30th, and then we'll play Florida in the Big 12 SEC Challenge on January 28th. Also, going to the Cayman Islands, which is on freaking Flow Sports, but... It, was, got, it is what it is. I mean, it could be worse. It could be LHN for Texas on the road. That but, is true. Um, you also get a you also get a new time slot for the Wichita State game in Bramwich, eight p.m. eight p.m. tip off on ESPNU. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and then you also get Nebraska and Kansas City, Big Twelve now, but you get prime time over at the T-Mobile Center. So it's 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 kind of an interesting schedule. I and mean, then you also got California on the road. Uh, California is just a, a Division II school in disguise. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, I'll, 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 save my, I'll save my rant for now. Yeah, let's, let, let's save it. Now that we've talked about soccer, volleyball, and men's basketball, getting you all laid on that, let's go around the Big 12 in college football, John. we got to start with a game that happened last night, actually. Mm-hmm. West Virginia, Virginia Tech. West Virginia, after kind of a slow start, um, pours it on in the second half, ended up winning 33-10 to over the Hokies. Um, I, my takeaways about West Virginia have not really changed after seeing this game. I think West Virginia is still not a great team. I think Virginia Tech is way worse. Yeah, this, this proves more that Virginia Tech has a yeah. lot of stuff to work under, Brent Pry and all that stuff. So big win for West Virginia, especially after that rough 0-2 start. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, I wrote down that Virginia Tech's quarterback cannot stop overthrowing receivers. Um, I have in all caps, the freaking quarterback sneak from the shotgun. Not that <laughs> K-State fans can, you know, be like, oh, what an, what an idiot. Doing a running fourth and one and you're in the shotgun. Who would K-State ever, would never. He would, who would ever do that? Not us. Fortunately, we can't do that. But anyway, you know, good for West Virginia taking the Black Diamond Trophy. Let's move on to games that are the slate of games happening tomorrow. 11 a.m., Espen 2. Espen <laughs> 17th ranked Baylor taking on Iowa State. Vegas has this game pretty close, John. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor's favored by two and a half. Matt Campbell has finally beat his rival, Iowa, this year. Can he win more than seven games? I mean, you also <laughs> can he win more than nine because Iowa State's never gotten yeah. nine uh, plus nine. I mean, after nine wins, uh, well, I mean, even ten wins. Yeah, what am I talking about? It's been a long day. Uh, but you know, Jack Tri Stadium, not the easiest atmosphere to walk walk into with a win. And Baylor, they already had to go into a ruckus atmosphere in BYU and. You know, Blake Shapin, not not as good as many people thought during during the offseason. Kind of came with a few stir, uh, few quirks here and there. Uh, the offensive line did not do do its best um, blocking um, blocking the, um, uh, the BYU's defense as well. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I think this would really turn the turn the tides for Iowa State, especially considering. Um, but with the amount of uh, expectations that we're gonna have this past year, maybe it's like um, maybe it's too much when they're when they're uh, when they're getting too much hype and all that stuff, uh, rather than starting off fresh with a new roster. Yeah, I, I like Baylor in this game still. I think Baylor, you know, Dave Aranda coach team is gonna start Big Twelve play off strong, even when they're on the road. So I'm gonna take Baylor in that one. 11 a.m. ESPNU. Uh, TCU versus SMU. This is going to be a fun game. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much to say on TCU, John. They've beaten the worst Power 5 team in Colorado. Team. And they beat whatever a Tarleton is. What's uh, a Tarleton? Whatever. Texan? So this is going to be a good barometer test for TCU to see where they're at against a SMU team. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good test, especially for their head coach, Sony Dykes. 
former SMU head coach, um, kind of pretty much just going across across from Metroplex, um, kind of kind of like a thief of the night, you know, it, because you know SMU TCU big a big rivalry over there. We're going to be battling for a lot of recruits. You get Sonny Dykes going to Fort Worth, things kind of just change a little bit, and now now he's going to be making a return trip over to um return to return trip to Dallas. <laughs> return trip to Dallas. I'm just collapsing over here uh, against SMU, a pretty good SMU team that really gave Maryland all they could um, in College Park. I think it's I think it's gonna be a pretty good matchup, but I think TCU gets it done. Yeah, I like I like that too. Big game here, John. 11 a.m. FS1. Oh Duke Blue Devils versus Kansas Jayhawks, the battle of unbeaten titans in college football. Big storyline here, John. Can KU's offense continue to make up for their bad defense? Get the unbiased reporting here on the Shake and Blake show. <laughs> get the, you, y'all got to get true, the though. y'all got to get the red carpets and the and the blue ink out of a porta potties ready because you already know this is going to be a big matchup. Oh man, um, Duke they they uh, Duke scores around thirty plus at, uh, in a game lately. Um, they they beat Northwestern. They handled Temple. Uh, never going to come into Lawrence. And a sold-out crowd for once? That, that's rare. But, you know, KU, um, it, I, I, I am, I'm definitely wrong about them. You know, um, a lot of people were, were expecting same old, same old KU kind of being in the bottom this year. Uh, that's not the case. Their offense is lighting people up. Jalen Daniels just continues to prove that he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. And you also got Devin Neal as, as, an, as a solid running back as well. I think KU at the end of a and this and this kills me as a K State fan <laughs> to say this. I think they benefit on another turnover to win the game. Yeah, I, KU at home on a roll. I kind of Duke's not that great. I kind of like that too. Last game, John. Here we got to cover before we get uh, keys to victory. Twenty second ranked Texas against Texas Tech in Lubbock. Um, Vegas says Texas is a touchdown favorite. I think this game is going to be really close, whoever wins. Um, both teams have played tough opponents so far and showed they can hang. Obviously, Texas is a little more stronger with being at Bama. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, if Donovan Smith can stop turning the ball over, I think Texas Tech has definitely got a really good shot to win this game. And you talked about it with the Texas Tech-Houston game. It's, it seemed as if nobody wanted to win that game. Uh, I believe week, well, that was week two of the season, right? So Yeah. Texas Tech rebounds after a big loss to NC State. They get they get their arch rival in Texas. I mean, Lubbock is going to be absolutely electric. We'll see how Donovan Smith is able to handle the pressure of trying to really compete against some of the big bigger boys in the, in the Big 12, especially when it comes to Texas. He, this is really one of the bigger games for his for his sakes to prove as one of the quarterbacks. Not 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 uh, not one of the highest rated quarterbacks. Um, I think I think he is last right now when it comes to the QB ratings in the Big 12 just behind it uh just behind Martinez <laughs> yeah. so um it's a it's a prove it game for for uh Texas Tech I mean Texas uh you you want to get out of a Big 12 um just dominating Texas Tech um one of your biggest rivals you do I mean you do not want to go out and t- take a take a loss to Cactus Mafia out here um, <laughs> yeah it, the question is it, it will Quinn Ewers fully play I'm not sure. A lot of people are saying that he's recovering a lot quicker than expected. So, um, 
I'd say if Quinn Ewers is playing, I'd say Texas a little bit more convincing, convincingly, but you don't know what you're going to get out of Lubbock. Yeah, who knows with that. Oklahoma State, the only team on a bye this week. We were planning to talk about some conference realignment news, John, but let's yeah, save Pac-12's that. Pac-12's for... a dump. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's all you there need you to go. know. Let's save it for Monday. We can have our rant later. Uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, give our keys to victory and score prediction to wrap up here in the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. And we're back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Gove. Which want to remind you to make sure. Call me John Gove. John Grove. I'm so sorry. My my tongue is all out of whack today. Just want to remind you to stick around. We got Colby Van Camp down in Wichita calling some eight man football right after this at the top of the hour at 7 p.m. So you're not going to want to miss it. Cornerstone Saints, who are a Topeka team, the Wichita Warriors, both of them are two and one. Should be some fun eight man football. But let's get to. K-State OU in Norman, Oklahoma, Gaylord Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, 7 p.m. Fox. John, give me your keys to victory. It's going to be all about K-State's rushing defense against Oklahoma's rushing offense. The Sooners, they've been running the ball very efficiently in the first three games, given it's not the best competition. Um, they have also the 15th best rushing offense in the country. K-State's rush defense, on the other hand, they have, they're ranked 60 from the country right now. Um, we only have a we only have a little bit of a sample size considering the teams that we already played. K State's really going to have to also throw the ball further down the field um, because Oklahoma they're already going to take their shots on Deuce Vaughn um, and they're going to and if they're able to do that they're going to uh, anticipate a lot of pressure coming towards Adrian Martinez. Yeah, I mean we're obviously going to need to throw the ball downfield more. Everybody's been talking about that. The one thing I think a lot of people have been talking about that I would really like to see is a fast start. You know, last week, two offsides and a false start. Not how you want to start a game. You got to be clean. Totally start it. Yeah, we're a clean football, disciplined football team. That's how we play. And I think especially when you consider Kent State and Nebraska where, I mean, Oklahoma almost didn't score in the first half Mm -hmm. against Kent State. Had a bit of a slow start against Nebraska, then obviously turned it on, went up 35-7 at halftime. But if we can start out fast, get a lead, hold a lead, then and slow down the pace of the game. That'll make it a lot easier for K State to win. And you really have a defense that can that can yeah. just overall keep its stamina and won't. It's it's a bend and break. Like everybody in K State media has just said, bend <laughs> and don't break. And 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 um, well, it's ultimately going to be on the offense and and let alone Adrian Martinez. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to completely stop Oklahoma. They just their offense is always so good. They know your weakness and they'll just take what they give you and they can nickel and dime you all day. Um, the one thing that really bothered me last year against Oklahoma defensively was our inability to sack the quarterback, which I know, you know, we're they're you know, we're putting a lot of people eight people in the back and you're only rushing three, which makes it harder. But third down defense as well was really tough last year. Mm-hmm. We gotta get off the field and make Oklahoma punt the ball. Yeah, I mean you've had that, kind of said it better, better yourself, and you're also dealing with a much better quarterback than Spencer Rattler as yeah. well, and Dale and Gabriel. Yeah. Well, uh, quick score prediction. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to. It's a K-State podcast. I'm gonna have to go with the Cats. Uh, 30, 31-24. But I, I mean. Where's the wood when you need a nut? I know. I think I think if we're gonna win, it's gonna be low scoring. But who knows? It, 31, it is gonna be low scoring. Thirty-one twenty-eight. So that's gonna do it for us here at the Shake and Blake Show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and cats by ninety. Cats by ninety. <laughs>